When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Over and Back Live. And I am Jason, with me as usual as Rich, and we have a special guest watching with us. He is the author of the new book, From Hang Time to Prime Time, Business, Entertainment, and the Birth of the Modern Day NBA, Preco Auto. Pete, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. So we are right now watching the fourth quarter of the Eastern Conference first round in 1984 between the New York Knicks, Detroit Pistons. Two really interesting um, teams in the mid-80s, the the Pistons, you know, kind of young, up and coming, and a Bernard's King-led squad with the Knicks that are definitely, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a, a – Shining beacon for a very brief time, uh, you know, which kind of a rough decade in uh, Nick's history. So, uh, you know, Pete, you were, you were kind of the one who chose this um, game. You know, what kind of stands out to you about this? I think it's pretty. I think it's it's when you think of Bernard King's uh, time at the Nick, which I think was uh, a little too short, and also you know it was uh, derailed by that horrible knee injury that, that he had in Kansas City about a year later. Um, this really is, I think, is I think is him at his peak, at his absolute apex. Because I mean, look at this here. He he's carrying a Knicks team where the second best player is probably Bill Cartwright. So that's number one. Number two, he's playing with I think two broken fingers. If you look at if you look, he has the two fingers taped. So he's playing basically with like not even a full pair of hands. And also at the time, the Silverdome is it's like an oven in there. I mean, it's like, I know it's probably like 95 degrees right right now as we're watching this. So it's just a quintessential Bernard game because he puts this, the team on his back. And, you know, he was such a great player for maybe a two or three year span. And I think this captain him at his best. You know, that quick turn on jumper, that great first step to the hoop, you know, the the ferocious finishes at the, at the rim. I mean, I think this is a classic Bernard King game. Yeah. And... You know, they're, they're both really, you know, interesting teams at really an interesting time, I think, in NBA history where, mm-hmm. 
the league is starting to really catch on in popular culture um, and really starting to, to get some, you know, growth. Um, obviously, Magic and Bird have been around there and kind of stopped the bleeding after, you know, the late 70s. And you know, obviously, your, your book focuses a lot on the story of how uh, the NBA really, um, you know, started to grow in the 80s and continued, you know, obviously with – you know, with great success in the uh, later in the '80s and the '90s in the Jordan era, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and and of course, you know, it focuses a lot on um, you know not just the big names that we know, but um, you know the, the, the folks at NBA Entertainment, the folks that were you know involved in marketing and licensing, and you know kind of behind the scenes that really you know were able to you know kind of put the NBA on a path to success. Yeah, absolutely, and it's funny you're, you're seeing one of the uh, you know one of the the stars here with Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, who I think, um, maybe it's funny. There's, there's definitely like a, like a second tier of superstars that the NBA used for promotional stuff and for, you know, to kind of put the league on the map. I think Isaiah is one of them, but he's such a great player. I mean, we'll we'll see, you know, in a little bit, just how great he is. I mean, he goes on that legendary tear to bring the Pistons back, but no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the NBA, it's funny. I mean, it, it, it's all about these. It's all about. I mean, we all know that it's about the players. These great players, like uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, so forth and so on. But there are so many people behind the scenes who made the NBA um, into must-see TV, for lack of a, of a more original expression. Um, and there are a lot of people. And I, and I was. It was my great pleasure to speak to a lot of people. Um, uh, for that book, a lot of folks in NBA entertainment who work for uh, you know, uh, you know the apparel and, and marketing. And yeah, I mean they were they were they were just as important in the NBA becoming uh, what it is today. Thank you, Chapuka. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> it was very very upset. Just kicked, just kicked a pom pom. I mean, there's no there's no need for that. I mean, come on, really? it's not her fault <laughs> that you you know lost the ball. Uh, Pete, can I ask a quick favor? Can you turn down your video just a little bit? Sure thing. I'm sure hearing thing. a little bit. Of, yeah, I, I don't know if that's on your end or our end. It's it's yeah, we have tech issues with these all the time. It's is that is that better or worse? I think it's fine. Yeah, I don't know, Jason. Are, is it sound okay I, to you? I, I, I think it's better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was hearing yeah, a little bit of both. You know, but that's yeah. cool. It happens when you're trying to listen yeah. to the game and talk at the same time. It'll, sure, no problem. And if I'm too loud, just let me know. I mean, I'm I'm afraid I sound like Foghorn like You are fine. Here, but... Yeah, no, you're you're fine. It was just yeah, we were getting a little bit of the bleed of the game, and and um, sure. we're, I think we're all set now. So okay, great, yeah, great. absolutely, yeah. So uh, microwave just uh, hit a jumper right there. So it was Vinny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these Pistons definitely. You know, they've got some of the familiar names that you know, of course, would you know win championships later in the '80s. You know, um, Isaiah, Bill Lambier. Uh, Vinny Johnson, and then, you know, guys who were, um, you know, part of that initial success, obviously, Trapuca, you know, he was a big star, you know, for a few years, um, you know, multiple-time All-Star, I believe, uh, you know, and guys who were there for a long time, like John Long and Kent Benson, you know, mm-hmm. who were, um, and yeah, this is kind of the first year, it's the first year under Chuck Daly, the first year where they have real success after, you know, so many um, you know, terrible teams in the late seventies and into the um, early eighties as they were kind of emerging from the, uh, uh, the Dave Bing, uh, and, um, you know, era and, uh, and, uh, definitely, you know, and Bob Lanier era. And they, you know, it, it took a while, but yeah, this is kind of the, the, the first, uh, you know, the first year where they, it was finally some uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. They, I mean, they also drafted really well. I mean, was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the GM. Is it Jack McCluskey? I mean, the, the, he drafted. I mean, Trader Jack. He he drafted really, really well. I mean, a couple years later, 
I think in '85 they draft Joe Dumars. Um, that's a huge, a huge, a really good, great draft pick. They draft John Sally. Um, they trade for James Edwards, um, who was oh, a, of course, yeah. who was an integral part of of, uh, of, of those two cha- of those two championship teams. But it's really interesting here because you kind of see, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like, would Ken Benson like crack like the regular rotation now for an NBA team, do you think? <laughs> uh, it's hard to see. It's hard to imagine that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the game has just evolved so much in terms of, you know, especially big men. I mean, um, obviously at all, at all sides, but but really, uh, you know, the way that big men play now, oh, it's a nice little uh, <laughs> nice rebound there by yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's uh you know making his case but um <laughs> yeah I, it, it is difficult to imagine especially with, with, with the way that makes it you know they need to really be able to you know most of them need to be able to handle the ball they obviously need to be able to shoot from the outside mm-hmm. um you know, you, oh, it's really hard to unless you're like a rudy gobert you know a, just the essential defensive flair it's really hard to be a big man and not be offensively versatile and you know not and play very long in the nba no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, what's funny about Kent Benson too is not only is he playing big minutes in this game, like this is a game, this is a, a game five, so it, it's a it's a clinching game, but he was also a number one draft pick in yeah, '77. So like that's, I mean, I mean, and he and he's, I think he's, I think he was drafted over Marcus Johnson, who's like a borderline Hall of Famer, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it kind of just shows you too, like what what matters more now like back in the day like post play was super important like you needed a big guy to kind of build your team around and now i don't think that's the case necessarily you know you you know lebron is you know kind of shattered that myth um into a thousand pieces you know one thing i really find interesting about this game is as we're kind of watching it and and obviously it's it's going to get turned on its head here in a little bit but you Mm -hmm. know you're watching Mm -hmm. the pistons and and like isaiah thomas is you know he's a, a a you know, big part of this team, obviously, he's, he's one of their stars, but like, he doesn't feel like he's Isaiah yet. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the next year, yeah. he's going to lead the league in assists, and he's going to be like very clearly like the dude. Like, I, the, the, the possession before this, like, Isaiah's next to Vinny Johnson, and Vinny Johnson's just like, I'll take it down the court. And it's like, no, like, in another <laughs> year or two, it's like, no, give me the damn ball of Isaiah goddamn Thomas. Like, come on, man, what are yeah. you doing? And like, yeah. now he's like, you know, he's, he's playing within the team, he's kind of like a part of it. It's him and Kelly Tribuca, it's him. And then, like, yeah, you do, you know, even though the scoring doesn't change all that much, it just seems like his leadership in, in, in future years. Because then you watch, like, you know, from, from you know, 85, 86, 87, 88, you know, until really the final days, it's like clearly Isaiah's team from here on yeah. forward. And, and honestly, maybe the, the end of this game that we're going to talk about is, like, the, you know, when the, everybody decides, wait a minute, this is just like Isaiah's team. Like, let's just let Isaiah do everything and, and yeah. you know, become yeah, a big a part re- of this thing. Because, yeah, right now he's just kind of like, he just seems like a guy on the team. And, yeah, it's pretty wild that in another two years he's going to be yeah. you know, the best player on a championship team. Look Kent at Ken Benson. Yeah, 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 you guys, yeah, you guys yeah. talking all this shit. He is, he is out here balling. Ken Benson looks like the looks like the um, the head snob in every like snob versus slob comedy from the nineteen eighties. Yes, like he like he owns the country club, or he's in, like you know bulldoze like the uh, the fraternity down to like put up condos. Right. Yeah, he was probably in Caddyshack. We could look that up, but you know, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Oh, no, like, the Harlem Globetrotters going on right here. What are they doing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing about Isaiah is, um, you know, and, and he was a bit more of a scorer early on, and then kind of became more, you know, as the team evolved. And, you know, he, he obviously was the leader, but he also, um, you know, did more distributing, did more, you know, kind of of everything. 
um, for the team, but he is one of the most incredible players to watch in, in my mind, because I mean, he's, um, you know, he's an incredible highlight player. He, he, he had great handles. Um, he mm-hmm. was a very brave shot taker. I mean, he, he was one of the best, you know, um, difficult shot makers that I've ever seen. I, I feel like he was just really good at um, just you know, t- taking and making difficult shots. And, uh, you know, and, and you need those guys sometimes, you know, you need those guys who, um, you know, who can bail you out in a situation where you know, at the end of the shot clock, you don't have a good shot. You need a guy who just got to go in there and uh, do that. And, and he was one of the, uh, of the best of that, in my opinion. Yeah. He, I mean, I he also too, I mean, he just, he had such a knack for the moment too. I mean, right. he, I mean, and I think you need that with, with a point guard, but that's a really good point about how, like, it doesn't feel like this is Isaiah's, it doesn't quite feel like this is Isaiah's team yet. Like right. it's, it's a little like, or maybe a year or two away from that, mm-hmm. but you really see that like when he, if you're, if you guys have read um, the franchise by Cameron Staub, like he talks about how, you know, Isaiah really made his mark on the team by like getting Adrian Dantley out of town. Right. Um, so like, yeah, that's a few years away, but it's, it's, it's funny, like you're almost you're kind of watching the legend emerge here. It's fascinating, and yeah, he's. It's funny you watch old Isaiah clips, and he's just, he's just a joy to watch. Like he's just, he's got great handles. He, he as you said, he's a big shot maker, tough shot maker, and I don't know, like he just plays with such passion. I mean, it's just he's you know he's infectious to to watch. And there's Kent Benson again. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of taking over the game, we got Bill Cartwright. You go to the line again, you know. There you go. Yeah, he's working. He's working there. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Look, at, look at him go down. Look at take Bill down the blocks. Yeah, that's something right too right there. that you yeah. know. I grew up in in you know nineties you know in Chicago, so I, I know a Bill Cartwright, and it's certainly not this Bill Cartwright. You know what I mean? Like the like Bill Cartwright, I know it's just like kind of just there. He just kind of gets glances at Jordan. Jordan gets pissed at him, throws the ball, yeah. and, you know that type of yeah. guy. And you forget, you know, you go look in, at Bill Cartwright's career, and that that he was a dude for a lot of years. Yeah, he was and, a good player, and that's yeah. uh, unfortunately the problem is like his most prominence probably the thing that most people remember bill cartwright for is being like you know a guy on the on the bulls team but yeah like or you know the guy traded for oakley or the you know but but i think the last dance did a decent enough job of of saying that yeah jordan didn't like this but it was clear that like once bill came to town like things really changed and they became you know just that much more of a winning team and 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 i don't know how much credit he necessarily gets for that versus the emergence oh, of Jordan, shot. but yeah, yeah. Isaiah's just, <laughs> we're starting to see it. He's like, you know what? Yeah, there it is, warming up, warming he's like, up. you know what? Let's screw this Kent Benson guy. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's yeah. funny, like, it's funny. I mean, has he has he worked the pick and fade with Lambert yet? Like, I, I don't know if we, if we, I mean, at least not in this quarter, he hasn't worked right. that with, with Bill. Yeah. Yeah, Bill hasn't really, I don't see Bill he's, much involved yet. I haven't done much of anything yet, except for getting yeah. worked by Bill Cartwright. Is about all right. I've seen, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love this Detroit court, by the way. Way to, uh, way to, you know, roll out the red, the, the literal red carpet here with just. The, I was gonna yeah. say, look like a pepperoni pizza, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like yeah. you can't have any branding, like not even like uh, one logo or not. Like who yeah. was the high you know school championships so gonna be here the next day, and they didn't want to, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like... You know, it's also crazy. Like again, like I know this is just ubiquitous now, but there's no clock. There's no score updates. There's nothing. Right. I mean, oh, it took me it, forever to find out when the fourth quarter actually was in this game. Because when we were going to do this game, you know, it was a two-hour game. So we were saying, hey, you know, let's watch the fourth yeah. quarter in overtime. I had to watch like 40 minutes of this game to figure out when the hell this score. Like, eventually, finally, the, the announcer goes, all right, fourth quarter. I'm like, oh, there it is. Thank God. Like, you, know, you have no idea. No clue. The announcer occasionally who, who chimes annou- in. but Yeah, who's announcing this game, by the way? I'm trying to figure I, this out. You know, I don't know if I, I, I could 
it kind of sounds like a local prog. I, I'm not sure. I'm actually not positive. I, I wasn't able to uh, piece it together. No, that's that's fine. I mean, it's, it's not it's not it's not important. It's not terribly important to what we're trying to do. I'm just curious. No, it, it's always fun to kind of listen to old uh, yeah. announcers. Like you know, we're gonna maybe do a Christmas thing uh, this year. We we tend to do like a Christmas holiday uh, game every year, and we're trying to find a Tommy Heinsohn game. Uh, oh cover. yeah, just you know, just find a classic CBS, you know, Dick Stockton, Tommy Heinsohn game. So we we think we oh, have you a know few there, you got- but. You know what I mean? You know what you guys should do with Heinsohn is the uh, the '88 uh, game with um, the uh, game seven of the Eastern Con- Conference Semis '88 with um, Bob with uh, Boston and Atlanta, Dominique and Bird, because he goes nuts in that game. Like he is, <laughs> like he is just like he's like frothing at the mouth um, in that game. He's it's I mean in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's yeah. I, I he was great to talk to for the book. I, I you know it was a pleasure to talk to him for like thirty minutes and. You know, just like pick his brain. I was sorry to sorry to see that he uh, passed away. That was uh, that was a shame. Yeah, and, and obviously, yeah, really important. And, yeah, and, and really, um, you know, I think you do talk about uh, in the book about you know it, how CBS was portraying the NBA, you know, in the eighties, and and how you mm-hmm. know their um, you know the, the TV broadcast got sharper you know kind of uh, highlighting the personalities kind of that element of you know the nba surging in popularity which I, I don't know if i'd appreciate that quite as much before you know reading the book no i appreciate that yeah i mean that's i mean heinz was a big part of that because you know he according to him like he urged cbs to treat the games like a murder mystery uh, he writes about it in his book um give him the hook um and yeah, I mean, he basically told CBS, like, you know, look, you know, don't show everything, you know, leave some stuff for the for the viewer to, you know, put together for themselves. And um, and also, like, he was just he just brought such personality to the broadcast. Like, he was clearly a homer for every Boston team. So, you know, you had that aspect. And he but yeah, what CBS also did was, you know, they, they turned the games into entertainment. You know, they they had like they had a narrative that brought you into what the game was all about. Like, what was at stake and who to watch out for and. You know, Pat O'Brien and those halftime features, which were, you know, ter- which were personal, a little offbeat. So, yeah, I mean, the, the CBS deserves a lot of credit for not just like doing this, like just showing the game, showing some replays and, you know, calling it a day. Um, and I think, you know, NBC really, really uh, took what CBS did and ran with it like to the extreme with like making it all about personalities and all about the players. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to bring that up is that, yeah, you know, CBS, I think kind of, you know, obviously becomes the one where you first, you watch old NBA games and yeah, it's just a sport you're watching, you know, these guys play this game and they're going to win and mm-hmm. one team's going to win. One team's going to lose. And yeah, CBS does seem like the first one that really kind of says, Hey, here are the main players. Here's the, their motivations. Here's what's at stake here. And that's really cool. And then, like you said, NBC, you know, in the '90s, just goes absolutely crazy with it. it yeah, you know, it's and, bananas. And, and their yeah. stuff is nuts. I mean, their stuff is like, and, and that's why it was watched by you know 30 million people because it was yeah. like it transcended sport. It wasn't a sport yeah. as much as it was you know, uh, a, 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 you know, a nonfiction slash fiction. You know, it, it, it became something different. Well, you know, those '90 well, finals the, are mean, not yeah. just a sports game. It's it's yeah. it's so much more than that. That's absolutely correct. I mean, Dick Ebersol, who's the um, uh, president of, of uh, sorry NBC Sports, when the NBA was you know at its zenith, um, he was he he wanted his idea was like you know it's all it's all it's all television series you know like there's you know it's it's the, the NBA season is basically you know a, a TV series with a beginning, middle, and an end, and there's a series finale which is the finals, and you have villains and heroes and 
you know, and I also think, I, I mean, I don't know how you, how old you guys are, but like NBC really catered to kids, like with inside stuff, like, you know, and that was like, it was all about like getting the kids involved. Yeah. So, on target demo there. I was born in 1987 and, and an avid oh, yeah. <laughs> inside stuff watcher. So yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, so that like, was so like, directly we'll catered to my shot, generation. Yeah. It's like Willow Bay and a mob shot of like your mom and dad pretty much. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm surprised the NBA doesn't do more to market to kids today. I feel like that just seems like something that is kind of a no brainer. And it, I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they do stuff that I just don't see. I've been, but obviously I follow the league pretty avidly. You know, mm-hmm. I have a, da- I have a daughter, um, you know, who's 12 and, and, you know, back when she was younger, I was kind of looking for stuff to kind of get her to basketball, probably not for her anyway, but I just was thought that there was just kind of a, a dearth of that kind of stuff. And I, I, you know, I don't know why them and ESPN has moved away from some of the stuff that, you know, seems like it was really successful in the nineties. I'm not saying it would make, you know, an absolutely huge difference necessarily, but I do feel like that stuff just seems like such a no brainer. And I, and I wonder, you know, what the reason is for, you know, not doing it. Well, well, I mean, I th- oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I, I think that's a really good point. I think part of it is you don't really have children's programming anymore. You know, like you don't have say you don't have like say by the bell or cartoons that would lead into NBA inside stuff. I mean, NBA inside stuff was on during the children's hour. Like it was sure. quote unquote educational programming. So when you have that, when you, when you have that programming, it's very, it's a very natural lead in to kind of have a kids, you know, sports show feeding right into that. So oh. I, I don't, I don't think you really have that anymore, but I don't know why you can't make room for that. Like if you're ESPN or your NBA TV, though NBA TV did try inside stuff again, they did reboot it, mm-hmm. right. um, but it didn't really, I don't know. It didn't really go anywhere. It was on for maybe a few seasons and you know, that was a day. Yeah. That was a nice little, uh, nice little, uh, Earl Kieran made some space there. Got that. Uh, Look at that. Yeah. Out. Big Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ray. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh. wow. Throw it down. Bill Cartwright. Look at Bill. Uh, One thing I was going to point out there is, is, and you guys mentioned Tommy Heinsohn and, and, you know, the announcing and all that sort of stuff. And and that's something that definitely I remember from my, my, you know, my early days of watching the NBA is, uh, is back when, you know, the announcers actually enjoyed the game and didn't just spend (laughs) the entire time bitching (laughs) and moaning about it. And that's like, you know, for all the, oh, he's a homer of Tommy Heinsohn. I don't care because, dude, you listen to the game and that guy was so excited. He lived and died by every possession. And you couldn't help but say, you know, I don't really like the Celtics, but God, man, this guy's really got me into this game. And, and, whether from a good uh, like if you were maybe a Celtics fan you're like hey this is my guy he's a homer and if you weren't you're like screw this guy I, I hate the Celtics I don't want them to win and I want this guy yeah. to be disappointed but that's fine at least there was that passion in there and that's something that I, I think they're really I mean you talk about the kids shows I mean that's something I'm not saying they have to be 100% homers I'm not saying they can't be critical at all but it just gets so grating on you to have you know Jeff yeah, Van Gundy just bitch and yeah. moan it's like all right like don't yeah. do it then <laughs> you know what I, I mean get like, it. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I, oh. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that, that's a really good point because again, there's a personality to that. You know, there's 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 enthusiasm, and I and I think you know you need that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, Jeff Van Gundy and and Mark Jackson. You know, uh, it, it, it's I I have issues. Look at this yes. move. Right. Oh yeah. Ooh. That that baseline jumper and that turnaround, unstoppable. Like yeah. you, you. He, oh, there and, we go, Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah heating up. Yeah. Oh, full court press. Let's go. <laughs> Slap the floor. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, is that John? Oh, we have a John Long sighting, guys. Yeah, there we go. A trip. Oh, 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 oh nice it almost yeah. works. It almost. Yeah. Oh, they, it's oh, gonna work. Oh, it worked. Oh, oh it yeah. worked. 
it didn't. All right. Oh, wait. Or did it? I don't know if it did or not, so we'll find out shortly, I guess. Yeah. Here's the pan so you can see the score. <laughs> you know, your telescope, yeah. I this think looks, it's this, 90 this, to 90, but I'm not sure. Like, it, look, it looks like it look. This kind of looks like the same court that was used in Double Dribble, that old Nintendo game. Oh yeah, you, guys, yes. <laughs> yes. you could be the Waves, or you could be uh, even four choices, I believe. Um, Chicago, I think it was Chicago, L- New York, L.A., and Boston. It was right. cities. Yeah, yeah. Lewis Orr. Oh, Truck Robinson. We had a Truck Robinson sighting. Oh wow, Trucky. I got to, I have Chuck Robinson's autograph. He was at a uh, golf outing once, uh, and I went up to him oh, and tried really? to talk to him, and he uh, nice. did not want to talk to me. He had uh, other things <laughs> in mind uh, for what he wanted to do later that day, and I was uh, jumping in the middle of that conversation to talk to him, and he was just like, all right, kid, yeah. here you go, all right, please yeah. leave me alone. I'm doing work here at the yeah. hotel bar, so if you want to oh, man. You wanna get moving, that would be great, and then I left yeah. him alone, so congratulations. Yeah, my, um, Chuck it's funny, I, I, it wasn't a social outing, but I look at this, here we go. Ah, I, uh, Speaking of which, um, you know, Bill Ambeer got a rebound. I think my single least favorite interview of all time was with Bill Ambeer. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. it's. Yeah. I'll, I can tell you guys a little bit about it if you want. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, here we're we here yeah. for yeah. it for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Ambeer. So, like, so my the my first piece, my first big piece was for Grantland on the 1983 um, NBA All Star Game and Marvin Gaye's national anthem, and um, so my thought was, okay, well, I'll you know just interview the players who were at that game. So I first started with Bill Ambeer. Why I don't know. It was just you know just you know, capricious youth. So I called the Liberty where he's the coach at the time. And I said, I set up an interview with the PR guy. And he says, yeah, you know, Bill wants to do it. Da, 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 da. And again, like this is my first major league assignment. Like until like, until that time, like my biggest assignment was like writing 2000 word features for vitamin retailer magazine. So like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this and ner- is so I thought Isaiah made it. So, um, do the, inter- I, so I, I, so I do the, you know, I, so, you know, call Bill Ambeer. And like from the minute, he's just surly as all get out. Like he just doesn't want to talk about the national anthem. Like his answers are super clipped. Like he's not like he's giving yes and no answers. And at one point he said like, I think like 10 minutes in like, oh, are we done? And I said, yeah, I think we're done. I think we're, we're good to go. So that was my um, that was my Bill Ambeer experience. Which um, he just could have not agreed to do the interview. You know that's true. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And, and the and the funny part is, like every player I ta- every other player I talked to for that piece, like Isaiah Thomas was great. Re- um, Reggie Theus, Robert Parrish. Um, I talked to Marcus Johnson. They were terrific. And I and I said, you know, I said to I think to uh, Robert Parrish. Um, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, the only person I talked to who didn't really want to go into the anthem was Bill Ambeer. And he said something to the extent of like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> so, so that, so that was my Bill Ambeer experience. Uh, my Bill Ambeer story. Okay. That's a big, big miss there by yeah. Isaiah at the free throw line. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. God, Bernard King rules. <laughs> he's so yeah. good. Oh yeah. And he's, yeah. Dunking yeah. With, he's dunking with a messed up yeah. hand too. Oh, Isaiah getting in there. Oh, yeah. got it. Oh, yeah. Hugh Brown's going crazy. What else is new? It sounds a little like Bill Russell. Um, yeah, that, that does. It really does. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't think it's Bill, though. I'm trying to think who that is. It's it's. It sounds a little bit like him, but yeah, I. Um, it's hard it to tell. Might, it might be. Well. 
it, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, guys. I'm terrible at this. No, this it might is what be, it's all about here. Yeah, we're just we're, yeah. We're just it might be here. Butch Beard. I think it might oh, be Butch Beard. Okay, okay. I think it might. I think it might be Jim Carvalis and Butch Beard. Ah, nice. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong because they used to do MSG games, so this might okay. be in their purview. Sure. Look at look at this play. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Isaiah had great reactions too. He had, uh, you know, whenever he, he did something like fun or exciting, he'd always. Uh, He'd always have something uh, fun. Oh, Rick Pitino's there on the sideline. Yeah, there's Rick. Hubie. There's Hubie. Yeah. Hubie Brown, yeah. Hubie Brown by the cup. way. I guess. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Daryl Walker jumping up and down. Yeah. Are, uh, uh, Pete, are you pro yeah. or or, uh, or con the uh, the New York logo on these shorts? Oh, uh, the, the... oh, oh, what happened to Lou? Oh, oh, Louis R stepped out. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that'll happen. Um, Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I I'm a fan. I'm a bigger fan of the old school Knicks logo, like with the with the basketball and the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the Knicks. Oh, look at this! Look at this! Whoa. There we go. Oof. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's like <laughs> yeah. Allen Iverson. That's like 2001 Allen Iverson right there. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, ten years prior. Yeah. By yeah. Isaiah, that's awesome. Like a crossover. Like you're doing. Yeah. Know, just yeah. Playing with the that's ball. A, that's a move that would work now. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. And he's doing this in 1984, like it's right. it's bananas. But I I am I I love the old school Knicks logo on the shorts, and I love the old school Knicks logo. Period. Um, not a fan of the NY. Reminds me too much of the New York Yankees. That's what I, I yeah. Guy. That's why I was kind of asking. You know, I, I I obviously don't live in New York or whatever, but I've heard yeah. Knicks fans, especially if you're you know more on the Mets end or you're not a Yankees fan at all, do not like the NY. They think it's just like, no. You're trying no. to be like the Yankees, and it's like yeah, eh, we don't Mm-mm. really. You know, this, I'm a this I'm a Mets I'm a Mets fan. Um, more lapsed, but yeah. Well, so look at oh, here's to be yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh. beautiful. Oh, that baseline move. Like yeah. I'm sorry, but like. I, you know what the thing is? Like, everyone knows he's going there, too. Right. Like, it's not like it's an unpredictable move, but he's oh, so quick, watching and he's got like... such a great release. Look at that bang. Yeah. I'm also, yeah. like, every time he walks, it just looks like it's so painful at <laughs> this time. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, his body's well, literally held together by tape, and he's still, like, yeah. he's balling. I mean, the thing, yeah. too, he's, when he's slamming, too, like, he, those fingers hurt like hell. He writes about right. it in his autobiography. Oh, oh here he goes. Here's Isaiah. Well, yeah, it's Steph Curry. Oh! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so my buddy actually, uh, so he, he uh, my friend is a basketball coach, high school basketball coach. Uh, yeah. He actually worked under uh, Isaiah's high school coach two years ago um, at, uh, at St. Joe's in Chicago or whatever. And, and, you know, I had a chance to talk to him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I brought up Isaiah. And, yeah, he, you know, still to this day. And if you watch that Isaiah document on NBA TV or whatever, uh, they talk to him. And he, he's genuine about that, too. Like, he, he you know, Isaiah to, to him is like, he's like, I've never seen another, we've never once had another player come through these doors that is anywhere near that level of just, you know, competitor, tenacity, skill. Like, it's just, you know, he, he saw him when he was yeah. so young and was just like, this guy is already going to be, like, one of the greatest players ever. You know what I mean? Just yeah. knew it at that well, I mean, moment and, and, and just yeah. he kept working and working and working. And, and you've got to think of the era, too, like you talked about at the beginning, the big man, the era of the big man, and, and, yeah. and not really an era where someone that, you know, I forget what Isaiah is actually listed at, but I'm sure it's, you know, a few inches lower than, yeah, than sure. what that says. Like, he is a tiny guy, and he's just, you know, doing stuff that just, it, he just did a pull-up three, for God's sakes. It's not three. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, right. It's yeah. crazy. I, he, he's, I mean, I, well, Kelly Tripuka with a defensive standout play. Yeah, you don't right. hear that very often. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he, he, you know, do you guys think he's like the forgotten legend 
Isaiah, do you think like because of maybe the era he played in where there were just so many greats like Jordan and I mean go on and on and on. I think it's his and the attitude fact that when as he well. Was, that, that when he was with Detroit, like he wasn't like putting up like twenty five a game. Do you think he's? Do you think he's like the forgotten legend? Because I kind of think you can make a case for that here. You know? I, yeah, I, I do. I think it has a lot. I, mean, I think one is because in no matter how you write the story of the eighties, the, the Pistons tend to be cast as villains. And yes. part, part of that obviously is, you know, they, they lean into that bad boys and all that, the, the style they played. And, you know, I think they're kind of part of the story of the end of the Celtics and the Lakers, both, you know, be- beloved teams of the eighties, depending on your allegiance. And then they're kind of the villain to be vanquished by the you know, bulls a couple of years later. So absolutely right. You know, they're, they're kind of the, they're not really the main character in either story. They're kind of the obstacle there. So no, um, I think that, that's part of it. Um, and I, I think some of the, the, the more recently, the numbers for Isaiah, you know, if you, if you kind of look at some of the advanced sets, they're, they don't look that strong. I think that has a lot to do with the era that he played in. I think it's kind of hard to compare guards uh, of that era and before to, you know, guards, how they play today just because of um, the difference in style and rules and, you know, in, in how, you know, what guys are allowed to do. So I think those are kind of the main things you know, for me. That was an awesome final play, by the way. I've, I don't, yeah. I don't think I've yeah. ever watched this game bit, uh, yeah. in full, but that was really cool. Did they, so they do not call the foul, right? No, they don't. They don't. They, they let they don't. it go. Oh yeah. There was a, there's a few guys that like they were going to jump onto the, I love yeah. Hubie. Oh man. Yeah. He's, He's pretty right. I mean, that was definitely a foul, but you can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't call that foul. Yeah, you <laughs> can't call that with, like, no time left. Like, yeah. I like the idea. You know, the, the attempt was great, but yeah, good idea. But I, I forgot who it was. I didn't see who it was who actually, you know, did, the, you know, did, committed the foul or foul in air quotes there. But yeah, what a great play because right. he was yeah, right there. He, he definitely could have gotten that up in time. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, this is, this is a, this is a great game. I mean, this, I mean, I, I forgot how good this game, this game is, you know, right. like legit, this is a legit, like, a legit classic and you have you know again like bernard at his apex isaiah you know getting there you know kent benson doing kent benson things it's just sure. you know it's, it's a, everybody's here for that yeah so yeah, every yeah, all, all yeah everyone's here for the kent benson things but yeah the, the explanation about the pistons being the villain that's absolutely correct and mb entertainment like that was their thing like they turned like that was exactly what they did like the, oh here we go here's the play again yeah. i'll shut up yeah yeah, oh, yeah okay. pretty close. That was that? That? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a foul. But he yeah, made the play it, though. It was, jump... it was uh it was after the yeah the zero had, had yeah. yeah so that, that's yeah. a tough play to do at night you know without the benefit of you know today's uh, right. replays and whatnot yeah that's pretty hard to call I'd probably do the same thing like they did so yeah yeah um, but yeah no we were talking about this a little bit before we actually got on the air Jason and I you know looking back at the Pistons yeah. too and like this Silverdome is just going absolutely nuts for this this game and and roughly yeah. so I mean this is a team that has you know not been to the playoffs since you know what 1977 basically yeah um, first year of, uh, of Chuck Daly and really the first year that they were good in a lot I mean they went 49 games and you got to go all the way back to 1974 to the final last time you know they won that many games I mean so this is this is clearly I don't know if the fans know it, but they're they're seeing a team like really on the rise here. This isn't just a blip. This isn't just a out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. you know, slowly. And they, and they had been slowly building and building and building. And obviously, you know, drafting Isaiah is a, a big part of that. But you know, bringing Lambier in, making that big trade for him, you know, little little things like that was was growing and growing. And yeah, these fans, you could sense that they they kind of know that they're seeing you know not not a one and done thing. Like this is the beginning of of, of something special here. Yeah, I mean, and you, I mean, you made the point too. Too, I mean, they're also. Oh, there's Lambier. There's, yeah. they're just they're hungry too. Like yeah, they haven't sure. been to the playoffs in a million years, and you know, I I think at the time, 
I'm trying to think. This is '84, so right. the the Tigers haven't won the World Series yet, right? The Lions yeah. are the Lions, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and the Red Wings. I mean, they're not. I don't think they they've won anything recently during this time. I mean, the the Islanders and the um, Oilers. oh god, the Oilers, Oilers are, are tearing up the NHL. Right. So like, this is a big deal for the for the city. You know, right. it's a huge deal. Uh, you know, um, from a sports perspective. Absolutely, yeah, and um, you know, and, yeah, and you know, the Pistons really, you know, for basically they've been in Detroit almost thirty years, and they, other than like one or two years in the seventies, you know, maybe three years in the seventies, they had not been even remotely good at all during that yeah. time. I mean, they've been, and they would have been you know, among the worst teams in the league for you know a, a good at least half of that period. So it really had been a huge drought there. Um, and you know, I, I think you know, I think Isaiah was definitely someone that you know the city could embrace you know a, a you know african-american star you know really somebody who yep. i think just you know uh, made people feel good you know when they watch basketball now obviously you know he had um issues with his personality but I think that was more of you know a national phenomenon you know the the national fans didn't like him i know the media definitely didn't like him but you know, locally you know in detroit you know he's beloved and i'm, I'm sure still is today yeah. Well, he's also, I mean, he's also a Midwest kid. Like he's, you know, right. born and raised in Chicago, goes to Indiana, wins a national championship there. You know, he, he has that, he, he's a high school legend in Chicago. What's the coach's name? Is it Gene Ping, Pigney or Tully? Uh, or Gene Pingator. Like Gene Pingator is, yeah, is the coach. Sorry, yeah, was, yeah. My, my apologies. So like, he's a great Another player there. So, like, yeah. oh. so he's like a, so he's basically like, he's almost like a hometown kid. Yeah. You know, like he's right, right. he's right from that area. So He's very easy to get behind. And Beer also is um, Notre Dame pro- pro- uh, product. Um, Chapuca too. I mean, they're all like around from this area. It's kind of kind of a neat thing. Uh, yeah, the Pistons were. It's interesting if you go back in the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, a, a lot of the guys they had um, were all yeah from Midwest schools. Um, yeah, obviously yeah. they got they got three guys here from Indiana because you know Benson was you know he was there the yep. he, from Indiana the year they were undefeated. So. Um, yeah, it is it's sort of not, you know, obviously I'm sure some of that is, um, you know, to a degree marketing reasons, you know, the, the league kind of was still at a point where you um, occasionally, you know, the, the teams were picking, you know, kind of the local stars, but um, I mean, obviously. They, this? Oh, oh, wow. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, Every time he dunks, he's like you're right, Pete. He looks at those fingers like, Fuck, yeah, that hurts so yeah. much. Why do I keep doing that? Yeah. But he can't he, not do he it. He writes about that in Game it. Face. Like he writes about how much it fucking hurts to dunk. Like, <laughs> yeah. and he's dunking hard. Like he's yeah. not doing like that Kevin McHale. Like you know, right. put the put the ball on top of the shelf dunk. Like he's dunking with with authority. Yeah. Ooh, show, please show that again, please, yeah. Neeson TV producer. Show that play again. <laughs> no. No, just show Billy and Beer gawking. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. TV. We got to get Earl Strom holding the ball. So yeah, uh, let's see. Earl, okay, we gotta, keep, yeah, let's have Earl Strom yeah, go to the scoring table. Yeah. Oh God, that dunk! That's insane. <laughs> oh, three fourteen guys. Yeah, yeah. Your stopwatch going so we can keep track. Keep it our head. Yeah. Three oh five, three oh four. Yeah. Please do that. Yeah. Please do that. Isolation. You gotta get to Kapuka. There oh. you go. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh. He's a he is a fun player to watch. The no, he definitely is. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. But there's Daryl Walker. Daryl Walker's the kind of guy like. I think if you looked at him funny, he just like he would just knock you on your ass. Like he was a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Daryl Walker. Yeah. You know. Oh. Uh, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, these Ooh. Knicks are really an interesting collection of guys because, you know, really, I mean, Bernard's really the, the, the star there. And there's a lot of guys, um, you know, who yeah. are you know, okay role players. You know, Cartwright was pretty good. And then kind of a lot of guys who are sort of near the end of their career. You know, you got, you know, Ernie Grunfeld, who's on the deep bench. You got <laughs> Marvin Webster. You, yeah. You know, you've got, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, just a, like a handful of guys who are basically Trey Robinson, who's you know only going to play like another year. Uh, you know, a lot yeah. of guys who are kind of on their way out, even if they're in their early thirties. Roy Sparrow, Ray Williams. I mean, you guys are super knowledgeable, by the way. Like, it's 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 just great to talk hoops with you. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean these guys. I mean, there really isn't like another superstar. You know, usually now like there are two there are two stars or three stars now. Right. And poor Bernard, like he's carrying, you know. Louis Orr on his back and, and <laughs> right. you know, and Trump yeah. Robinson, who's like, you know, seven years removed from, you know, getting all NBA in, in New Orleans of all places. Right. Um, yeah. It's a real, it's a real mismatch, uh, a mismatch of uh mismatch. There we go. Of, of, yeah. of talent. Like it's crazy. Like, I, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if you'd see a team like this ever again, you know, like it's, right. Oh, there's Louis Orr. Oh, oh here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, beautiful. All these other guys oh. are ready to box out. Here just comes Bernard over. Yeah. He's like, all right, no, 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 no. we're not boxing <laughs> yeah. out. Just, come I, on, duck this I, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a little bit like, you know, what we kind of saw in the finals this year with Jimmy Butler, you know, with just really yeah. having to rely like on, on one guy. And I, I think, you know, um, Butler had a better supporting cast than Bernard did, but I, you know, it's really one guy who's, you know, just kind of the focusing, like taking the ball, like doing the primary, just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and yeah, the, the Knicks, they assembled a, you know, pretty good team here. This would be, you know, kind of the best team that they would have pretty much, you know, between, uh, you know, after, you know, the end of the, you know, Bradley Monroe Reed teams, you know, up until, you know, the early nineties, you know, when, you know, the yeah. Ewing teams, they get Riley and, you know, they finally, you know, take the Bulls to seven games and then, you know, go to the finals in 94. But this was, you know, really only a couple years of the, you know, a Bernard era before uh, he gets hurt, you know, was, was kind of the highlight of, you know, that, you know, 20 uh, year period. No, I mean, this is the thing is like these, I mean, I, I don't mean to disparage, you know, all these guys here, but like this, I, I think, you know, if you have, you know, Rory Sparrow, like playing crunch time minutes, I, I don't know if that's, I mean, he's a, he's a good player, but like, so many of the guys that Bernardo with now, like they, they're just good role players. Yeah. Like there's oh, no yeah, like yeah. solid number two guy. Like, right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like the way that even, you know, uh, Isaiah has Kelly Trapuca and Bill Ambeer. Like there's, sure. there's nobody like that. Yeah. Um, and Cartwright's probably the closest, but yeah. Yeah. And it's but, reflected too. You look at the season numbers, like Bernard King, you know, he averages 26.3 points per game. The next closest is Bill Cartwright at 17. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like almost yeah, 10 point sure. difference. Yeah. I mean, teams like yeah. that exist now, but they're like the Washington Wizards. You know what I mean? They're like terrible teams. Right. They're, they're not, you know, teams. really good, you know, yeah. teams or, or your playoff teams. God, it's just, oh, right. you knew it's coming. Like you said, it's yeah. like, right. all right, he's going to yeah. get the ball Ew. and he's going to fade towards the baseline. And what do I do? Yeah, ah, it's yeah. crazy he too, it like that he, <laughs> that he scores, I think he scores, what, 44 in this game? Yes. Yeah, 44. And like, you know where the ball's going. It's always the same shot. Like, every time it, it's not like they're gonna like they're gonna like make up like run a play for ernie grunfeld or or daryl walker like it's going to bernard like 60 percent of the time well great i mean this, the they're, they're actually running a legit full court trap yeah, that's a, like, yeah. is that what the third time they the yes. Knicks have turned the ball over with, right. with like with like full court pressure it's crazy you never see that no yeah usually nba teams two passes the full court press is done and, and it's, exactly. it's, it's even yeah. laughable to even think about it these guys are running yeah. i mean hey yeah it's it's you know they have the link to do it the pistons for sure yeah 
This is maybe you think Patino got his idea for uh, for like the full court press watching this game. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god, Kez, what do you? Oh, it actually kind of worked. Oh. My god, did he make it? I don't oh, think he no, made he it. Missed but... it. But what was Ken, Ken Benson idea like? Let me just bounce it in the middle of the court and hopefully someone will Ken, get it. So. Oh, Ken yeah. Benson. Jeez, I, I why every time I see Ken Benton Benson, he's like you know what, you know what he's like. He's like the one tall dude in every like pickup game who you think's gonna be great, but he's terrible. <laughs> right. Oh, there's Chuck Daly. But like yeah. you, you know, like the guy, he's just built like a basketball player, and he's like super tall and he's strong, but he just can't. He gets the ball in his hands, and he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, juggling knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he comes in like a real. He's got like a real nice gym bag, and he's got a bunch of gear. So you're like, oh, he's he's probably he probably was pretty. Jesus, the Knicks cannot hold on to the ball. Yeah, oh, nice wow. finish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's shining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Kent Benson. Basically, the highlight of his career was, you know, sucker punching career in his very first Kareem in his very oh, first God. game. And that's, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. How did you? Uh, that's that's a that's a wonderful way to be remembered, right? Just <laughs> right. like punching punching the all time leading scorer of the NBA in the face. That's a that's a. But you know what's crazy too? I was just thinking about this guys like. How many times have the has, I don't think like the camera angle has changed in terms of how we're seeing the game. Have you noticed that? Like, it seems like there's like a like either like a medium shot, like a long shot when we're taking in the action. Like, there's no yeah, there's no change in perspectives. There's no like different. Ca- it's crazy. Like it's, yeah. it's. I mean, it's again. It just kind of shows you how far the NBA has come in terms of how they present. Um, pardon me how far the television stations and the producers and the TV crews have gone in terms of filming and portraying the NBA. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's gone, gone a long way. You're seeing, sure. a, you're not seeing as many faces and that would be a big thing that NBC would, would, yeah. would do. It's like yeah. close shots, reactions, you know, you, you see a little bit here and there, but yeah, they, they, mm-hmm. they would thrive on that. You know, CBS in the later years and then NBC obviously would, would, would you know, in the nineties faces would become so important to the game. And Oh, huge. Right. Yeah. And even, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even like between like going, even like I, I don't know where the bumpers are here, but like, you know, I, I I doubt there were there were bumpers of like okay, well coming you know well coming up there'll be like a picture of Isaiah and a picture of Bernard King or like you know you know what I mean like you know when you end the game or start the game there are photos of the guys or when you go to a commercial break there's like a, a like a, a free shot of a, of a of the player I, I doubt there's anything like that in the, in this telecast. Right. Um, I may be, I might be mistaken. Yeah, I think that's one, that's one of the things that has drawn me to basketball over the years is that you can you you can just see what the players are doing. You can see their emotions. You can see yeah. you know, they're they're less covered up than in you know most sports, and it's you know a smaller number of guys, so you can kind of have some a better idea of the impact of, you know, an individual thing, the action. I mean, obviously it's fast and furious and there's plenty of subtleties that, you know, are lost um, to even an educated fan. But, um, but, you know, it's, I think a more simple game in terms of um, being able to see while, you know, still exciting. Um, And I think it's kind of the ultimate blend of, you know, um, sort of the, the mix of, you know, an individual can be brilliant, but also has to be within the team framework to have, you know, true success. Yeah. It's also why, if you're the NBA, you can market individuals. You know, right. you can you can really just and you you can just go to town on that. Oh, what happened here? Look at Hubie. Yeah, 
I love the dresser. I love that he looks like he's you know yeah. he manages like a like a, a like a, a UPS store or something like that. I was gonna say he he looks like he looks like a math teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right. He's the like a semi cool math teacher. He like does you a solid every so often. Like yeah, you know, right. he's tough, yeah. but he's fair. You know, you're like ah, sure. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of my favorite interviews. Was talking basketball with Hubie Brown for like two. Oh, yeah. hours. I would love. I do. Oh, I, I don't think oh, I would let yeah. him leave. Like he 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 would have to take a call or something because it was it was ama- it was amazing. It was it was fucking amazing. I, I was like that. Like there are so many highs in writing this book, including like doing stuff like this. Like well, that's that wasn't part of the book, but like this is the fruits of the of the labor. But like in writing the book, like just talking to like again, like talking to Hubie Brown just about like the '80s NBA for like an hour and a half to two hours was just like. I don't know. Like that's, that's like a pinch me moment, you know? Sure, sure. Um, um, yeah, I got I have to wonder here, like how many times do you think Hubie Brown was, was telling his team there's plenty of time here now? <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of time. Don't worry. He, yeah, don't he says, <laughs> if you ever watch a te- telecast, he says plenty of time here now, like yeah. a thousand times a game. Right. Yeah. But, oh, Oh, time out. Yeah. By the way, can I just say how much I miss the old NBA referee uniforms? I just think I just I just I don't know I just love that style. Like yeah. The... yeah, it is. Uh, they are, they are delight. Uh, so, uh, what was what would you say are some of the most surprising things that you learned? You know, um, doing the research and, and writing the book. Oh, I think the most surprising thing would be. Um, uh, Oh, there we go. Uh, the most surprising thing would be <laughs> how the close... tracking. Sorry about that. One sec. We're back. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> just, just, just knock the TV on the side, and you know, it'll, it'll, yeah. the picture will clear up. Um, I think the most surprising thing was just was how close the um, the NBA was was to not having a television contract on a major network, like in 1978. Um, oh, there it is. Ball game. There we go. So I can I can tell you guys a little bit about that um, as the as the Knicks advance to get. Uh, to get beaten by the Celtics, spoiler alert. Yeah, um, yeah I mean the the NBA was really um, was really really close to not having a TV deal. Um, the Larry O'Brien, the NBA commissioner in '78, had a uh, a handshake agreement with um, uh, with the um, uh, to to have had a, had a handshake agreement with uh, with uh, with CBS Sports to to renew the contract. Um, the president of CBS Sports got fired, and uh, into his role, into into the role stepped a guy named Frank Smith, who immediately tells Neil Pilsen, his lieutenant, like, "Yeah, I don't want. Uh, I'm not. We're not going to renew the NBA. Like that. We're not doing that." And Neil Pilsen says, "Like, Frank, you can't do that. It's a handshake deal. We we got to we got to do this." He says, "No, we're not going to do it. it. Doesn't bind me. Like, you know, screw that." So. They call so they call Larry O'Brien in with David Stern. David Stern at the time is is Larry O'Brien's number one guy, and Larry O'Brien is stunned to hear this to hear Frank Smith say this news. Like what? You know, there's no contract anymore. We had a deal. Like we're, what's what's going on here? So as they're as they're talking, David Stern turns to Neil Pilsen and says, "Hey, Neil, can we go outside for a minute? We got to talk." So they, so Pilsen and Stern go outside the office. And Stern immediately just gets in Pilsen's face, like just like starts reading him the riot act. Like, how can you do this? You know, we need the NBA. We need to be on TV. You know, you need you can't do this to Larry. You can't do this to me. Like just in his face. And that buys 
the NBA a little bit of time. You know, Pilsen and Stern go back to the meeting. Pilsen calms Stern down. And, you know, the meeting is, t- you know, the discussion is tabled. And Pilsen goes to, to Smith and says, look, you know, this deal doesn't cost us very much. We have nothing to replace the NBA. Let's let's just do this. Like we we need we you know we we're, we're not going to find anything now. Let's just renew the contract and we'll just we'll just they've been good to us. Let's just do this. So Frank Smith agrees and the deal is renewed. But that's how close the NBA was to not having a, a, tele, a major television contract on a network. Like which is crazy. I mean because at that time you need a sport needed to have a major network television deal. They need to have that exposure. And the and NBA was a breath away from having that taken away from them. And then who knows what would have happened. Um, and Neil Pilsen said, like, yeah, I mean, they were if, if the NBA didn't have that deal, if 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 David Stern didn't get in his face and fight for that, then then it would it, it was then it was not going to be a uh then we're, we're talking about a very different book if there is if there is if there is even a book mm-hmm. um about the nba so that was one that was one surprising thing i mean they're just they're just tons of tons of stories and tons of anecdotes like i mean that one sticks to mind you know um i mean i'm trying to think you know if there's you know the utah the, you know the utah jazz not changing their name because it cost when they moved, when they moved, the, you know, the, the, jazz, the jazz were in New Orleans before, obviously. So they moved to Utah in 1980, I believe. And I talked to Mike Suskovich, who was at NBA Priors at the time, and he calls Sam Battistone, the owner of the Jazz, to say, hey, you know, are you changing the uniform name? Like, are you going to be the, the Jazz in, in Utah? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, you sure you want to go through with it? And Sam Battistone says, no, we, we can't afford to, to change the uniforms. Like, we're, we're going to stick with the name. Like, it's going to cost us too much <laughs> yeah. money to change the uniforms. So, like, that's how, I, I mean, that's how rinky-dink the NBA was. Like, I, I mean, I know that's, that's maybe a term might be thrown around a little bit. But, like, the NBA was real, I mean, it was real, it was a real uh, mom-and-pop, like, hold-our-breath operation, you know. And, you know, and there were teams that were, you know, that would get the television contract money from CBS and they'd start paying bills. Like, you know, who told me that? Um, oh, man. You talk to 315 people for a book. And names are, <laughs> yeah, stop, you're fat <laughs> Names escape. Um, who do I talk to? But one, you know, executive for the Kansas City Kings told me that. Like, yeah, you know, so right. we got that check, that check, like we were paying bills. Like we were, we were, we were going to town on that. So, yeah, I mean, the NBA, I mean, I think, I think it's funny, you know, Jordan, we're all the age where when we got into the NBA, the NBA was the NBA. It was this, it was this big mammoth entertainment property that was internationally known. And, and, you know, the games are on, are the games are major events and, you know, the, the players are giant stars, but it's funny. If you go back to like the mid eighties to that game, we just saw um, it's a very different story. It, it is, it is, it is a league that is struggling for relevance and I would even argue struggling to survive. Um, and this book tells the stories of the many men and women, not just the players that we saw, not the Barnard Kings, not the Isaiah Thomases, uh, not the Kelly Trapukas, that turned the NBA into this, into this, into this business, into this, into this conglomerate. So, yeah, it, it, it was. This whole book was just a joy to do. It was an absolute joy. I mean, I, I've been an NBA fan since I was four, 13 years old, fourteen years old. So to go back and 
just learn just to learn more about this stuff and to talk to folks like Huey Brown and you know Del Harris and oh god George Gervin I mean just to talk to those guys and, and get their stories but also to talk to 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 the people at NBA Entertainment and NBA Properties to just hear about what it was like to kind of be on the ground floor of this great enterprise it was amazing I I mean this is this is a career highlight I mean I got to I got to live a dream I mean and I I am forever I'm forever grateful for that and it's 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 been a lot of fun to it was uh, it's been a lot of fun not only write about this book but to talk about this book and also to talk to just basketball fans like you guys to kind of just you know share that love it's been it's been it's been amazing and I'm and the book only came out on Tuesday so um you know barring cataclysmic reviews i what hope they don't come um i think i i think i'll i think i'll uh, go to my grave ecstatic that i wrote this book so yeah yeah well it, it really is i i know what all the listeners um you know, he would would love the book, and um, it's it's fantastic. You did a really great job in research and writing. It's a really um I- enjoyable thing. Learned a lot from it. Um, you know, really some great details. You really um do a great job of you know of telling the story. So, uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for being on the show. This was a, a lot of fun to uh, watch a classic game and get just a chance to to talk and uh, and uh, make a few jokes here and there. No, it was my pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. This was great, and uh, yeah, I. Uh... Hopefully we can uh, I can talk over you guys some more at a future uh, future future broadcast. No, I think um, that's going to happen. Right. That's that's definitely going to happen. So yeah, you, you <laughs> name right. you name the game, you name when you want to do it, and we'll we'll definitely do it. We we oh. we will never pass up an opportunity to just watch an old game and and riff on you know bad play yeah. bad white players in, in that game. So that oh, yeah. that yeah. is one of our our favorite things to do. So that, no, it's it, it it is you know I really think it's it's one of the joys. It's so, it's so funny watching these these old these old games. It's. I mean, the, the the level of play is great, but what's also funny is you see, is the number of players that look like your uncles. It's it's <laughs> it's it's an amazing thing. I kind of wish the NBA would would bring that back because it would it would make it more relatable to folks like me, like you know, just guys. Like, with, you I know, could be out there <laughs> if I just yeah, right. was in the right me. place at the right time. I could. Be I tall. I could be out there. Yeah. Bad mustaches, you know, bad parts in the hair, you know, just yeah. yeah I'm. Yeah, but no, this was um, this is a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm, I I I definitely love to do this again. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for reading the book. And I, I hope uh, the listeners out there enjoy it and pick up a copy. It's uh, available for uh, sale at all major uh, retailers, both online and brick and mortar. So yeah, uh, please uh, please get a copy or get it from your uh, from your local library. All right, great. And uh, thanks, everyone, of course, for checking it out. Thanks for uh, listening. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Over and Back NBA. Uh, you can also uh, you know, find us on pretty much any podcast platform. Always appreciate a rating and review. So uh, thanks again, and we're back again soon.